You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Tuesday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. In fact, Jake came in this morning and this came out of his mouth. This is the happiest I've ever been in my life. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Word, word verbatim. Yeah. Oh, boy, do we have plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. We certainly need your help. Hit us up on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Yes, we start with another epic, classic, instant classic national championship game. Ella Brahma celebrating another national championship, and Nick Saban does it in unconventional fashion. Well, first of all, the game was great. Yeah. Just to talk about the game and enjoy, enjoyment of the game, it was fantastic to watch. We've really been spoiled by these championship games lately. And if you want to include the semifinal game with the Rose Bowl in that, I mean, it's it's been tremendous. 26-23 Alabama over Georgia. It was an incredible game. We say it was an incredible game in the first half, of course, when Georgia storms out to a 13 to nothing lead. And then you hear rumblings, and you start having those flashbacks to what took place in 2011, and the comparisons are being made. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, what didn't help that those comparisons is when Nick Saban came out and made the switch, which was the, the, the change in the game, going with Tua, yeah. because he knew – he knew that even though Jalen Hurts was 25-2 and two under him, yeah. he knew that they were going to have to pass the football to win that game. And as good as Jalen Hurts is as an overall quarterback at, at managing the game and running the football, he didn't give Alabama the best chance. They needed a true gunslinger, which Tua is. And so he had the gall. He had yeah. the guts to make that switch. And that's – I think a lot of LSU fans were watching that going, man – why, why couldn't LSU have made the switch back in the day in 2011 against Alabama yeah. when George – and it was a much easier choice Just for Just one of the differences between Saban and Miles. Well, it was a much easier choice for Les, too, yes. because George Jefferson is not Jalen Hurts. Yes. Okay. But some would say Tua is not Jared yeah. Lee. True. <laughs> True. But you had to throw the football yeah. to win the game in both instances. And so – uh, Nick Saban went with his passing quarterback. Les Miles didn't. But uh, getting back to, to Alabama, I thought, you know, bringing into, a, you know, first of all, the guts to do that and to understand what gives them the best chance to win, you're right, that's what makes Saban the best. He is undoubtedly the, the greatest ever. Um, but I thought the game changed, or at least, you know, it, it had several moments where it changed. But I thought Alabama got some life on the second series for Tua when it was third and long and Georgia should have had that sack and he broke those tackles and escaped and got that first down and the momentum was all all Bama right there. We got so many different things to break down from this game and as I mentioned we want your help on the text line. We got to jump right into it with uh, Sam on the text (laughs) line then we'll go to Bama Jim on the hotline as you would expect. Sam says Dellinger, obviously referencing uh, from Advocate Ross Dellinger, says school won't confirm it yet, but Orgeron is set on Ensminger's his new OC. I said it the other day. Orgeron probably just sealed his fate. Game was great, but LSU just made sure they won't be in it for a while. Yes, that is the other part of this storyline that we will certainly get into, it, as it appears that Orgeron has settled on his, <clears throat> quote, new offensive coordinator. We go to the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline. It only seems appropriate that Bama Jim joins us. What's up, bud? What's up, my friends? Well, uh, the celebration is on. Uh, yeah, how, well, it's a, Bama, let me, let, me, let me go here. So I get home at midnight last night. I wake up my wife, try to explain to the game in 20 seconds, 30 seconds, what took place. How would you describe that game in 20 to 30 seconds? Uh, bedlam. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust a kicker. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Never trust a kicker. I'm uh, telling you, man. It, you know, old Nick did the same thing, but it was a little different circumstance. When he won at, at LSU, the national championship, he changed quarterbacks. But it was because of an injury. 
and uh, so you know he's not he's not afraid to you know that old boy from, I can't say his name but that old boy from Hawaii I call him the next coming of Kenny Saber because he's a left-handed fella. You better learn how to pronounce his name or know his name because he's going to be around for a while. Oh yeah, I'm just going to call him uh, the kid, the kid from Hawaii. <laughs> I, I mean, I I can't even speak Southern, Aaron, much less Hawaiian. <laughs> but it was all right. I, I'm to be quite honest with you. I I thought about shutting it down. And just, I, I, you know, I got too much anxiety. I couldn't watch it, man. I just ah. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but it was an overtime game in a national championship. That's something to think about. Uh, yeah. But, you know, life goes on. Yeah. Maybe the NFL will get their act together and we can start watching it again. Well, but congratulations. Go out and buy yourself a new hat. Mama Jim celebrating uh, the victory out there on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Yeah, and so sounds like an Alabama fan there, you know. When he made his way to or made his way to Alabama, people were worried about the language difference for him. Right. <laughs> well, okay. So you were making the LSU comparison with you know the game last night and with hiring Ensminger, and to add extra insult to injury, Devontae Smith is the one who yeah. caught the touchdown pass from a meet. Yeah. We watched him in the Dome two years ago in 2016. Well, really, like a year ago, but. Mm-hmm. He was in the dome, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that that was uh, that was kind of just a symbolized the night for Louisiana or LSU fans, really. Just like, man, Alabama's got it all going for them, and when they have it all going for them, it's reported that Steven Ensminger is going to actually take over. Now, I'll say this about the Ensminger thing. You know, last week I'd heard that uh, Orgeron was steadily persistent on Ensminger being the guy. But Oliva wanted to hire somebody outside, someone from outside. And you heard names from from Kendall Browles to uh, USF Sterling Gilbert to Eddie Grand, and either LSU couldn't come to terms with one of these people, or O talked Oliva into hiring Ensminger. And so that just, I, I think you know, Sam said that that sealed Orgeron's fate. It might have, but I think it's going to also um, seal Oliva's fate. You know, I think this goes one or two ways. Either it works or it fails. None of this sticks on Oliva. I think it does. Why, why make that hire? Because he's the one who hired Orgeron in the first place. And I told you this was going to be a new year, and I was going to be kinder to LSU, correct? <laughs> that lasted how long? Yeah, what did I text you yesterday? So now LSU has a head coach that nobody else would hire as a head coach. Yeah. They've got an offensive coordinator no one else would hire as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. And the whole thing that Orgeron kept pounding home when he took this job, I'm going to have the best offense, the best coordinators in the country. You're back to the same old thing, or perhaps maybe even worse than before. But you still have Dave Aranda, though. I will give you that. Yeah, I mean, half it's, it's you know, at least, Aranda keeps you relevant. At this point, Aranda keeps LSU relevant. Yeah. Um, but the, I'll say this, too. Ensminger. It is hard to be truly pessimistic about the hire just because we saw it be successful. But you keep going back to they had Leonard Fournette. They had Darius Geis, two, two, two of the greatest uh, running backs LSU's ever had. Yeah. Okay. And, yes, they averaged 32 points per game with Ensminger. Mm-hmm. But if you go back. If he did such a great job and he was there. Why didn't he get the job? Why wasn't he the first choice? Yeah, Yeah, and he probably was. He probably was the first choice. And at that time, uh, he kept saying that he didn't want the job. Yes. And And how have things changed now? Right. And and I want to go back to to the whole 32 points per game thing. If you look at it, they didn't score a point against Alabama, and they scored 10 points against Florida Mm. that year. So – yeah, we're in our text lines blowing up. People are, are not happy, as you would expect. People yeah. are not happy about the hire. Uh, real quick, let's just go through uh, Ensminger's uh, resume here. Started at Nickel State, then McNeese. He was the uh, offensive coordinator at McNeese back in 84-86. Uh, then moved on to Louisiana Tech, the OC from 88 to 90. Then he moved to Georgia as the quarterback's passing game coordinator. Then at Texas A&M. Offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, 94 through 96. Then made his way to Clemson, OC there. 
And then that kind of turned south. He landed back in the high school ranks. Central High School was the head coach, athletics director. Then he finds a job at West Monroe as the wide receivers coach for a year in 2002. 2003, he goes with uh, Tuberville to Auburn as the quarterback's coach, tight ends coach. Then in uh, 2009, goes back to uh, high school ranks as a passing game coordinator at Smith Staten High School. And then he lands at LSU, and now he finds himself reportedly as the offensive coordinator. All right, Tommy says, so Jake's theory is it will either work or it won't. Way to stick your neck out, Cronkite. <laughs> what I said was it will either work or leave us gone. That's my theory, Tommy. Mm. Um, or Orgeron's out and Dave Aranda's the new head coach. Well, I, I just don't see how Oliva can survive another PR nightmare. That's another thing about this. You know, you don't want PR to be your number one reason for hiring anybody. But do you think LSU fans are going to be patient next year? By the way, you've got uh, that Georgia team and that Alabama team last night. They're both coming to Tiger Stadium next year. Uh, and you're playing Miami in the first game. But uh, if you think LSU fans are going to be patient next year with Ensminger as the OC, you've lost your mind. And guess what? There's going to be a lot of hurdles. I mean, this is going to be – whether Miles Brennan wins the job or not, either it's Narcisse or, or Brennan, it's going to be their first year to fully start at, at quarterback. So they're going to make mistakes. And the other thing was people piling on as they watched Tua last night for Alabama, freshman quarterback, and wondering, well, should have gave uh, the youngsters a little bit more of an opportunity for LSU this year. No, 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 no. I'm not making that connection. Right. Tua is a whole different animal. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why – Miles Brennan supposed to be, you know. Not Tua. I mean, LSU was going after Tua, too. LSU tried to get Tua. Mm. Willie Taggart, when he got to Oregon, he flew to Hawaii. He was trying so hard to flip Tua. I mean, Tua, Tua is, is great. Everybody knew he was great. But um, back to the whole – back to the text line real quick because I wanted to read some of these texts. Sherman says, Aranda, next head coach, question mark. Uh, Ethan has one there. It's crazy that LSU beats Auburn, who beats Georgia and Alabama, yet the Bayou Bengals – feel miles behind those three teams right now. Pat says, boring, lifeless hire. Our offense will look the same as this year without all the motions. We're screwed. Cocho, got to go. Uh, Sam also says, Ensminger could, uh, has been there the entire time. We couldn't develop a quarterback. It's not going to get any better. Yeah. So, as you can tell, LSU fans are not happy, not pleased. Um, but I just want to know, you know, what happened with those other candidates. You know, I'd love to hear, you know, of course, Orson's going to say Ensminger was my, my guy from the start. But you've you got to look at, at the age, too, right? Well, let me ask you this question. If you're those other coordinator, coordinators and you're looking at the prospects of coming to LSU, uh, you've got to do some soul searching and also look at the situation. I mean, what was the dialogue and what, what happened between? with uh, Matt Canada and Orgeron, and uh, why would you put yourself out there? And then you have to have full assurance from Orgeron that you're going to be able to implement what you want to if you come to LSU. Sure. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I, I don't have a counter to that. That's that's something that's going to be in anyone's head after what just happened with Matt Canada. Why do you always feel like you have to defend uh <laughs> LSU, I always like, feel like I'm defending yeah, them. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm just being honest about the hire. Like it's, it's not a great hire, but you do have to also, you know, when you talk about the hire, you do also have to bring up the fact that, you know, that he did have success in 2016, albeit yeah. he had success with, with two of the greatest running backs they've ever had. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Keep hitting us up with the text and the calls as we continue to break down the situation at LSU and also. Alabama's thrilling win over Georgia in the national championship game. Alabama kicker, how relieved do you think he is this morning? Uh, he doesn't have to move from Alabama. I don't think. <laughs> he might still have to move. But uh, uh, Was that one of the worst-looking attempts to win a, a national championship? You know, I had a buddy that, that bet on the game, and he was he was texting me and said, oh, looks like I just won my money, you know, and – I said, I would wait until they get into the end zone to, to start celebrating. Sure enough, the kick goes up and, go, and, and misses. Up is probably not the right description. <laughs> up, yeah. Shake. Yeah. <laughs> but just the, I love the, the response from Saban on the sideline. Uh, they always get his, his uh, reactions uh, to things like that. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where 
you know, it's like my wife always says, uh, our unborn child will not be a college kicker. Anything but a college kicker. Because the weight of the world is on you in that moment. And most of these kids can't handle that. They mm. just can't. How about a punter? I wouldn't mind being a J.K. Scott. Man. <laughs> That's a first-rounder right there. Yes. He is. You're not returning any of his punts, man. You're just not. Uh, so let me get this right. For Alabama yesterday, they bench a quarterback, and everybody kept saying 25-2. and two. They got a kid that passes out on the sidelines during the game, and they yeah. continue the game. They got another guy that wants to fight an assistant coach. Yeah. All this is going on, and they still figure out a way to win. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's the process, baby. Mm. Just one of those things would have derailed every other team in the country. Probably so, yes. But, but okay, 48. Um, I, I, don't, I never did learn his name. I think his last name's Brown, yeah. the one that wanted to fight. Yeah. He, he became uh, a celebrity on Twitter, by yeah. the way. Everybody was tweeting about him. But uh, what are you thinking in that moment going after – and this was after – he, he Saban chewed on him for like a minute after he made that uh, personal – after he threw a punch and didn't get ejected. How did that happen? You know, how did he stay in the game? He gets chewed on. He, he, he tries to fight with a coach. He gets, you know, dragged back and sits down and is, you know – the, the camera stays on him, yeah. and he's like, you can see the obscenities coming out of his mouth. Yeah. And then he clotheslines. Did you see when he came back to the game? Clotheslines uh, a Georgia returner uh, later in the game. There's yeah. a lot of pent-up uh, yeah. anger in that young man. And <laughs> eight nine nine three seven seven six two. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. All right, I want to keep these texts going. So uh, Anthony weighs in, says Ensminger's Ensminger's success came from inferior opponents. Mm -hmm. Nothing like the gauntlet he will see next year. He did reference last year in the big ball games. How did Ensminger fare? Yeah, uh, he gave up, or he scored no points against Alabama, and scored only 10 points against Florida. So, Anthony, you're right on the money. And Ron Munra says, you get what you pay for, average hire. And Ed Orgeron, average hire in the OC. Aranda should jump shipped quick. This ship is sinking fast. Well, what you pay for, though, last year you paid for the two highest-paid coordinators in the country. Yeah, and those were great hires. You know, Aranda, sure. And Canada, I still say that's a great hire if you could have made it work. Mm. You know, I, st I still like Canada as an OC, but... Obviously, did not work out, and now you just set you know $1.7 million in the corner and burned it for nothing. We'll continue to break down the national championship game and LSU's, quote, new hire as offensive <laughs> coordinator. Got a couple other headlines, including Bastrop looking for a new head coach. We'll get into that in the next segment. Also, Gus Kattengill will join us at 8 o'clock to break down the Saints' big win. Now looking forward to New Orleans traveling to Minnesota. And our uh, weekly visits with Louisiana Tech's head basketball coach, Eric Conkle, tips off today at 30. And I want to actually get into the game. Yeah. We've got to really talk about what happened last night. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Size, speed, strength, agility. These are all tools you need if you want to go far. But when it comes to your car, you're going to need a lot more tools than that. Luckily, AutoZone has your back with the free Lona Tool program. Check this out. 
You can choose from over 100 specialty tools to help you get the job done right free of charge. So from brake jobs to engine rebuilds, just get the one you need, leave a deposit, bring it back when you're done. It's really that simple. Get in the zone. AutoZone. You'll go to sleep 365 times this year. You deserve to have your best night's sleep every night on a brand new set of Bolin brand sheets, the most comfortable sheets in the entire world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans, including three U.S. presidents, are sleeping better than ever on Bolin Branch. Try them for yourself, risk-free for a month, and right now you get $50 off plus free shipping at BolinBranch.com, promo code Doug. That's Bull, B-O-L-L, and Branch.com, promo code Doug. Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Half the yardage back here. Give yourself a fighting chance on third down. Here's Tua stepping back. Loads up. Looks long. Throws. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alabama. Devontae Smith. Touchdown. Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine. Eli Gold with the call. Alabama celebrating that championship. A remarkable stat now with the Saban. Six and one in title games. Yeah. He, he's the man. He's the GOAT. Um, I don't think anybody would argue against that. Mm. And, and that's what – I was saying that before he won this game. You know, it's much difficult to win the national championship today than it was back then, and to see what he's, he had did, done at Michigan State, LSU, and Alabama, and the championships that go along with that, hard to argue against him being the greatest of all time. Keep the text coming on the Stuart Shelby State Farm text line, 888-993-7762. All right, as we go inside this game, and we certainly look into that first half, is uh, Alabama's offense was uh, struggling. You look at the numbers at half for uh, Hurts, he was a uh, three of eight, 21 yards. He did have six carries for 47 yards. As a team, Alabama had a grand total of 73 total rushing yards. Their three talented backs at that point had nine carries for just 17 yards, Jake. And, you know, there was rumblings, and if you looked on Twitter, people at the game would say, you know, two is up. He, he's uh, throwing the ball around on the sidelines. Maybe there could be a change. And I remember yesterday <laughs> when you mentioned it, you know, and we were praising Hurts yesterday. Yeah. Just the big advantage that Alabama had going up against Boys, Georgia. The, the moment doesn't affect yeah. him. That's true. And, and that's still true. It doesn't affect him. He, he's, he's still poor. But it came down to they could not get their passing offense yeah. going. Okay. Zero points. And I will say I think they were affected by that first drive. You know, they did drive right down the field and then missed another field goal. And that kind of killed all their offensive momentum for the rest of the half. But couldn't get anything going again. Saban needed to make a switch, needed a spark, went with Tua, mm. and he provided that spark. Tua's final numbers are 14 of 24, 166 yards, the three touchdowns, and uh, one interception. All right, crucial play in the ballgame. The fourth down uh -huh. play. Uh -huh. He's uh, biding time in the pocket, and then he rolls left. And uh, Herb Street was – and Herb Street, by the way, exceptional. Uh, he's giving him all the credit in the world with the pass. And I, I texted you immediately, Jake, and I said, I think he was throwing to the <laughs> other guy. I don't even think he saw Ridley at the time. But, boy, what a play. And, of course, kept that game alive. Yeah, because they, they were all grouped together. So it's really hard to tell who he was throwing to. But – to keep that play alive, to make that throw, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just speaks to what what Tua did, and I want to I want to switch gears real quick on you because you mentioned Twitter, right? And I was getting super annoyed looking at Twitter during this ball game because at first everybody knows more than the coaches, okay? Of course they do, uh, but at, at the start of this game, everyone was making fun of Georgia because they kept passing the football. The first two series, I don't even think they ran it. Okay, and everybody's like, run the football. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. The third series, you saw what that, the passing the football did. It set up the draws. They, they ran three successful draws, one of them on third and 20 that went for a first down. And so it's just like – it's like that instance where everybody wants to see a knockout, but they don't care about the things that set up the knockout. 
And that's I just get annoyed by that when when people get on Twitter and, and are, you know they don't give somebody time to actually roll out the game plan and and you know utilize it. Anyway, that that annoyed me because you said Twitter. I thought about that, but yeah, Tua was tremendous last night. That fourth down play where he extended it, whether he was throwing to Calvin or not, doesn't matter. Resulted in a touchdown, uh, tied the ball game, and. Then he made that great play, that great throw to Devontae Smith. And Calvin's going to go back and watch that game and listen about all the praise that was heaped on Riley. his brother. Yeah. And, then it's a, and he was uh, struggling with his – he ends up with uh, four receptions in that one touchdown. While his brother was uh, basically stealing this show he early was. on, Riley, he ends up with uh, six receptions for 82 yards. Yeah, and that was – you know, give Jake Fromm credit, man. He had a great game. You know, it, you look at this game, and I thought Alabama's defensive line played – Super, super, super in this game. Uh, Deron Payne was just eating people's lunch up front. And they were setting up third and long several times. And Jake Fromm was able to hang in the pocket. They, they, his offensive line gave him enough time on third down. And he was able to find the soft spot in the zone mm-hmm. several times uh, over the middle. And it was to rally uh, most of the time. But, uh, you know, while we're sitting here praising Tua, we got to also praise Fromm because he, yeah. he brought it. Yeah, 16 of 32 for 232 yards. One touchdown, two interceptions. Obviously, that one interception was pretty big, but an unfortunate break when it bounces off uh, an Alabama guy's helmet into the arms. Yeah, that was – yeah. By the way, Tony Brown, that was a heck of an interception by him. Um, but another thing, you know, what, what Georgia fans are saying today is you look at this game, and you talked – I'll give you credit for this, Aaron. Yesterday you said Sonny Michelle, you, you think he is – head and shoulders above the pack and, and Georgia's backfield, right? Um, and, he, and he kind of proved it yesterday. He, he was averaging seven yards per carry. And Chubb was averaging 1.4 yards per carry. And guess what? Second half, Michelle only got six carries, mm. and Chubb got ten. Mm. So a lot, of, a lot of Georgia fans are upset about that statistic. Why didn't Michelle get the ball more in the second half when he was having success running the football? Um you, you know, those, those are the type of things that you second-guess the coaching staff all day and night when you're trying to deal with a heartbreaking loss like that. John from West Monroe, we'll get to your uh, text here in a minute about Canada, but let's stay on topic here with uh, Steve, Richie, and Michael have several comments. Uh, Steve says, can you fellas believe that Saban actually pulled Hurts? The courage to take a guy out who went 25-2 and two in two years, that's just awesome. Nick, quote, thriller Saban cemented his place in history as the greatest coach ever. How ironic. He only went uh, after uh, Tua once they lost from LSU should forget about the OC and concentrate on getting Hurts to transfer. <laughs> Don't think they're going to allow Hurts to transfer to another SEC school, let alone an SEC West school. Alabama's got an interesting and by the situation way, next year. And by the way, I think I don't. I'm not certain that Hurts will transfer. You know, you th- a lot of people were praising Hurts. And we were going to get to this. The way that he handled that situation yeah. in the post game interview immediately after the game, and uh, and listen, Rinaldi had a lot to do with that too. I mean, <laughs> there's an art to asking questions, and Tom Rinaldi is the best in the business. But Jalen Hurts hit it out of the ballpark to uh, you know, commend his teammate and, of course, uh, for him to say what he did about them winning a national championship. He was thrilled about winning a title. And for him to get benched in a game like that and still have that composure and the character to say what he did, pretty darn impressive. Yeah, he said the right things. But in that interview, it was awkward for me because you could still see how he was just kind of heartbroken they didn't play. You could, you could see it. He said all the right things. And you're right, he should be commended for being a great teammate. I think it's a great lesson for uh, quarterbacks today who, when they lose their job, they are quick to transfer. And that's why I said I'm not so sure Hurts will transfer. He seems like a team guy and, and seems like he would hang around. But it's going to be tough to, to play over to a next year. Well, wasn't sure. it just a couple of years ago Ohio State Cardell Jones, though, had a similar uh, national championship yeah. performance? Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. wasn't the same uh, the following year. Yeah, but this is different. This is t- this this kid is special. <laughs> Everybody, that's, what, that's the thing, like, while he was being recruited, everybody knew how special he was. Well, even Hertz said in the interview, the kid has the it factor. Yeah, and, and if you'll look on Twitter, when he played, there were a lot of, like, pros that had connections with him either through camps or other things, and they were all like, uh-oh, watch out. You know, this is 
I think even Todd Gurley said some tweeted something like uh, put Hurts back in because they all they all know how good of a player he is. Yeah. And that's that's what Alabama fans all, all season long. It seems crazy that you would want to replace a guy in Hurts who's twenty five and two and who's had that success. But they've I've told you that earlier this year, and you thought I was crazy. I said they want Tua to play over Jalen Hurts. Heck, last year wasn't he the SEC Offensive Player of the Year? I believe freshman. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, Richie says Fromm lost all his mojo when Georgia decided to run the ball in an attempt. He clocked. They just kept passing when they needed him to pass at the end of the game. He was fish dead in the water. Yet another example why you do not play to lose. Little conservative, yeah. Yeah, the play column was very predictable at the end for Georgia, which I understand. You're trying to eat clock. You're trying to to burn that that time. But I, I always do hate when you go to that conservative, uh, predictable play column. Uh, go ahead and read Michael's text there. Michael says LSU is DBU, RBU, and now SCU. Selling coach, settling coach you. I was cheering for this Coach O project to work, but with each and every move he makes, it becomes more difficult. Last night showed two teams with great coaching who are both in our conference. In a game of inches, it feels like we're three steps behind. Every Everybody is, has set, kind of said that this morning, saying like how how distant LSU feels. Imagine if Aranda wouldn't have, have come back to LSU. Imagine if you wouldn't have paid him $2.5 million and he would have left to go to Texas A&M. You would have been 10 steps behind. Mm. Uh, John from West Monroe says, has Canada made it work anywhere? And I think that is a, a fair question. We've talked about it uh, numerous times. You look at Canada's track record. Well, after he left Northern Illinois in 2011, he ended up in uh, Wisconsin, and then they had uh, an explosive offense for that one season in 2012. From there, he ends up at North Carolina State. One of his longest stints as an offensive coordinator, or it was, from 2013 to 2015. Then, of course, the one year at Pittsburgh and now the one year at LSU. There is certainly a trend there. Certainly. But you knew who he was before you got him. You knew his track record. So I don't think you can come back and say that after the fact, like you, like this is some new discovered uh, revelation. 888-993-7762. Keep the text coming. The Morning Drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. This is the famous Bud Light beer. It's not easy to brew beer this easy to drink. It takes attention to detail to get something to taste this smooth. Which is why Bud Light is tasted by brewmasters every step of the way. Hey, it's a tough job, but for you and your friends, it's worth it. Bud Light. We don't just brew beer. We brew beer for friends. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. We just lost him in the secondary, too deep, got behind our quarterback, and the Crimson Tide, sweet jubilation for them as the dogs are heartbroken. Alabama, once again, your national champions. Mm, of course, that was the version from Georgia's side. Heartbreak. Yeah. Can you imagine losing a national championship in overtime? Uh, no. 
On the flip side, you have uh, Saban there uh, with Rinaldi after the game, and he asked him the question, was that a good game or what? <laughs> and then he followed up with, of course, the quote that is going to raise a lot of eyebrows, the happiest I've ever been in my life. Now, his wife, Terry, may have something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> or the birth his, of his, his children. Let's say his daughter. <laughs> Uh, but no, that's, I don't think I've ever seen Saban that happy for real. I mean, usually when he wins the championship, he's like annoyed that he's missed time recruiting. I mean, we, and that's not a joke. That's serious. Like you can tell. But I think he before. felt like he knew he stole one last year. Yeah. But listen, you look at this team, this Alabama team compared to ones in the past. I don't think it really compares. Yeah. I think this is one of his worst teams and he just won a national championship with them. I'm praising Hurts for the way he handled that interview and following the game. Kelly says, what's Hurts supposed to say? He took the high road, but many of us know he's upset with himself big time. Gary comes out and he says, I'm sorry, A.D., but Herb Street sucks. Uh. He walks out when uh, Ohio State gets left out of the playoffs, but said last night the committee got it right. He may be your idol, <laughs> but he hates the SEC and he sucks. Ooh. That's just one of those things where everybody thinks an announcer is biased and – my favorite thing is when an announcer comes back and takes screenshots of tweets they get and posts them side by side, and they completely contradict one another. Yeah. Like one fan base says uh, he was against them, and then the other fan base says that. That always drives me crazy. Herb Street, is, if you don't like Herb Street, he's he's the face of college football. I would say. I was just talking about also in terms of the game and the knowledge that he had Absolutely. and the background on different players and the and the nuggets of knowledge that he would drop. He's the best. Uh, it was just he was spot on. He, he's the best in college football without a doubt yeah yeah steve does point out also that uh saban did not cover the spread he didn't so that means you went zero and five yeah. my friend i went Woo! one and four so i can't yes. really judge you too bad heck of a week yeah <laughs> lots of knowledge on this show uh all right we, we talk about the the game winning play there now the fact that they run what uh four streaks on that play and it's second down <sighs> Imagine where Alabama. It's like second and seventeen, yeah. right? Because he just got sacked. Yes. So if he misses that, well, he knows he's got two more downs, I guess, because he got the kicker. That at this point, where would you put that kicker in terms of his psyche and his confidence level? Right there with the two guys from LSU. <laughs> yes. It's like LSU, where it, they shouldn't even put out a field goal range green line out there because you might as well just go for it on fourth down at that point. Yeah, I, I was, you know, it, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, how how does Saban how was Saban so dominant? Yeah, he could never ever find a reliable kicker, and he could never, I won't say never, but a lot of times he's had spotty quarterback play. For him, LSU will have a better kicker than Alabama next year, reportedly. <laughs> yeah, Cole Tracy, and that's. And last night was further evidence that, yeah, he's, he's definitely worth a scholarship. If he can kick. I mean, he was great in Division Two. Will it translate to SEC football? We'll see. Uh, Ryan and Hogan point out that it was second and 26. Wow, second and 26, yeah. And Kelly also says, look up why uh, Herbie moved from Columbus to Nashville. <laughs> we mentioned, of course, uh, you heard the call from uh, the Georgia announcers there. If you're a Georgia fan or just a fan in that state, now you have to go with the fact that uh, you were up 20-7, to 7, you lose, and then you go back. I'm sure you're also a Falcons fan of mm -hmm. what took place mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. God. Hey, it hadn't been kind to, to Georgia uh, fans lately. Yeah, but at least they got to eat Chick-fil-A in the stadium, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the $1.9 billion stadium <laughs> that has a leak. Yeah. But, uh, hey, did you like the halftime show? No, that was another thing we were going to get into. And it just may be because I'm old and grouchy. It is. But I, so you thought that halftime – Really? I like Kendrick Lamar, yeah. I liked it. I think you're the only one on my timeline that thought that was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, oh, this is a great opportunity for people to pile on Jake. Anybody out there with Jake and thought that was a good halftime performance? Well, I'm sure most of our listeners probably uh, range around your age. So I'm going to guess that I'm going to be outnumbered here. All right, another storyline that uh, perhaps we haven't discussed yet, Jake. What did you want to get into? Uh, regarding this game, yeah. I'm trying to look. You know, one thing, this isn't really a storyline, but this was this was pretty cool, uh, seeing Bo Scarborough catch the, 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 the pass, and then Roquan Smith was right there. 
uh, hitting him. Seeing Smith and Scarborough collide was was pretty cool because those are two of the most uh, impressive freaks that uh, on either squad. And uh, Roquan Smith won that one. Mm. That was that was just one observation. That I was like, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was something I, I wanted to see, uh, you know, going into this game. Text right away said the halftime sucked, and uh, he's thirty five. So he's between you and I. Kind of like Tabor. Tabor, what did you think of the halftime show? Yay or nay? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter that it's not my cup of tea. It just you couldn't understand a single word he was saying, and it was just poorly produced. Uh, Shane also weighs in. He was one of those guys flipping around. He was watching the Homer broadcast at a halftime. Uh, bad luck on my part. I come back from vacation, and uh, I was up at the station watching the game last night, and uh, all the HD channels not working at the station mm. in the sports office. Hey, well, first of all, Richie, I feel like Richie and I agree on, on most things. He says it wasn't a pop star or a generic rock group. Kendrick Lamar is a rap god who doesn't lip sync, mm. so he enjoyed it too. And Todd chimes in and says, Kendrick is awesome, loved it, but I am 25. Mm. Not good, another one, and uh, he's 21. Or maybe perhaps she says, not good at the age of 21. And Hogan says, I love Kendrick Lamar, but the show was awful. Uh. Aaron, you really liked the, the Black Panther thing afterwards, didn't you? <laughs> Aaron's a big superhero fan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we need to get to this, and we have yet to address this. This is a huge storyline that continues to develop. Uh, Bastrop now looking for another head coach, Adrian Burnett, out after one season as the Rams head man. So now you do the math. Bastrop will have its fifth different head coach in five years. How about some stability up there in Strop City? Yeah, I think that's a little bit too much to ask for <laughs> these days. It's crazy. Yeah. What do you – and and we can't, you know – it hasn't been confirmed as to what happened. And this is the other thing, and this is the second time there's been a coaching move like this, and I'm, I'm reaching out to administrators and principals. And once a decision is made, but my goodness, is it that hard to either make a press release or how about you just answer your phone and you uh, give a reason or an explanation why you're moving in a different direction? Otherwise, your fan base has to sit there and speculate. Yeah, you're leaving your worse. you're leaving your fans in the dark. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's you got at least you know you can you can say this is as much as I can tell you, and you can at least you know fill in some of the gaps. And then if if it you know gets to the point where you can't really say anything else, just mm-hmm. decline to comment after that. But mm-hmm. it, we got to give you got to give the press something so that the fans understand what the heck is going yeah. on. Because right now, you know, with, with that many different coaches in five years, it, 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 it's it's a problem, man. And it's like you got to give a coach time. And if you're another coach out there and you want to put your name in the hat for the bastard job, you'd be like, why? Why? Yeah. Exactly. Are they going to give me time? Are they only? Give me, do I have to succeed in a year's time? And you know. And this, and with Adrian, it really felt like a great fit. I mean, we're talking about a guy that graduated from there a guy that has spent considerable amount of time there as an assistant coach, and then his offensive mind. And, heck, you look back at last year, and, you know, a first-round loss in the playoffs isn't ideal. But you go back to that Neville game, and ultimately that's what it's all judged up against for Bastrop at this point. Yeah. Can they compete or can they beat the Neville Tigers? And last year they gave them one heck of a run. 0-0 in the fourth quarter, man. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get much closer than that. By the way, we're getting a lot of uh, halftime text. Uh, Anthony says the movie preview was better than Kendrick. Did Eric? Did you actually watch the the half the movie preview? No. Well, you didn't even take the time to just watch it. It was a minute and yeah. a half. Yeah. <laughs> Very busy up at work, man. <laughs> Todd says if he likes Black Panther, Kendrick is all over the music for the movie. Todd, I was being sarcastic. He doesn't like uh, anything that is. I don't know, science fiction, no, fantastical. No I don't like any of that stuff. Yeah. Just give me a good old-fashioned drama. Donald says, I was skeptical, but thought it was pretty good. Mm. 888-993-7762. Keep them coming. Let's take a timeout. More on the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7 after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. 
wherever you choose, whenever you want, at RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Hey, this is Sean Fox, sports director here at 97.7, inviting you to join me and the rest of the sports company every day, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 for our unique, unfiltered take on the world of local and national sports. We're going to make you laugh. It might make you cry, and there's a pretty good chance at some point I'm going to make you mad. But we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. That's the Sports Company, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, right here in your home for sports in North Louisiana, 97.7. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. It seems like we covered a lot of ground in the first 45 minutes and getting some outstanding uh, texts. Keep them coming on the Stuart Shelby State Farm text line, 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. I got a question uh, for anybody out there. Did you watch the commentary? Did you did you watch the ESPN News at all? Did you, first of all, did you enjoy it? Second of all, I saw on Twitter, some people thought Mike Gundy might have been drinking a little bit, uh, just the way he reacted to to some sips, um, which is pretty hilarious. Um, There were so many different channels, and I kind of like it. I mean, I I know Levitard and them had one, and then Feinbaum had one, and of course – the coach's corner, then the two homer broadcasts. It was also like a cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I've never. Bill Walton wasn't included this year. Yeah, in that come room. on, come on. <laughs> what was it last year? Was it this when he had the the, the American flag outfit and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm about it. Uh, Anthony says the film room was amazing. The coach's input was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just can't. I can't watch that during a big game. I enjoy that stuff, but I just can't. I can't do that when I, I like the whole presentation. And plus, I enjoy Fowler and Herb Street. If it would have been too. If it would have been your boy Sean McDonough, I'd have probably tuned into the film room. All right, we spin this thing forward, and there's uh, several different ways to look at this. With uh, Alabama celebrating another national championship, and Jake mentioned yesterday, most believe. Kirby Smart with the recruiting classes and where this program is heading. We have not seen or heard the last of Georgia, especially with the quarterback, freshman quarterback in from. As all that game is playing out, the news comes down that uh, Steve Ensminger reportedly will be the next offensive coordinator at LSU. Along with that, they're going to promote and hire Jerry Sullivan to be a full-time role in the coming days. you look at LSU scoring offense uh, last year, 76th in the nation at 27 points per game. You want to talk a little money because it is a big thing. We talked about it yesterday. They settled their deal with Canada to have to fork over $1.7 million to satisfy him. Mm-hmm. Ensminger was set to make uh, 325000 uh, this year or through 2019. Uh, back in 2016, when he took over the interim role as OC, he received a $7,000 bonus. Obviously, he'll get a nice uh, little raise from his 325 that he was set to make. Yeah, so let's look to the future then. Everybody's pretty pessimistic about LSU today. Just judging by the text, uh, everybody's pretty upset about the hire. You look at next year's schedule, and I've got it pulled up. Oh. <laughs> you got, You start out with Miami. And Dallas. And then you got Southeastern at Auburn. You host Louisiana Tech. So you're probably uh, one and two with uh, Louisiana Tech coming to your place. Uh, I might. I could I could say two and one. Um, you host Louisiana Tech. Then you host Ole Miss. That's just September. Golly. Then you get into October. You're at Florida. You host Georgia. You host Mississippi State. 
and then you host Alabama. Uh. And then you go on the road to face Arkansas, host Rice, go on the road to face Texas A&M, who, by the way, just got Jimbo Fisher. Who knows what kind of jumps they're going to make in your one under him. So, Aaron. Write it down right now. That Louisiana Tech game, Orgeron's career at LSU is on the line. Most certainly. Most certainly. And, and you He's know. one and two right then with losses to Miami to start off the season. And then, a, what, a road loss to Auburn. Can he survive seven and five? Do you think there's a possibility they go seven to five with this schedule? Yeah. With Enzimanger as yeah. our OC. Yes. What is your What is your actual prediction? Yeah, and, and, and listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You can, we can make predictions today, but uh, we do, we should have the right to change them because a lot of things can change from now until the summer. Mm. Okay, because I remember saying LSU can win ten games, and then you know all the offensive lines, pretty much everybody on the offensive line transfer. Let me just throw this out. All right, you got Ensminger in this offense with uh, a new quarterback, uh, new running backs, uh, basically new wide receivers, but you're going to have some uh, incredible wide receivers. Young, yes. but they'll be making the first game. Yes. You're going to be going up against uh, Manny Diaz and his defense there in Miami, the turnover machine, right? Yes, yeah, that's, that's going to be Miles' first game. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tough. And then at Auburn, um, I could I – could, you could sell me on seven and five. I'm going to predict eight and four uh, today. Today I predict eight and four, which LSU fans won't be happy about. Yeah. And the fact that you you hired Ensminger, and I said earlier that you know fans would be less patient with the Ensminger hiring. I'm, I'm interested in the the fallout from that. All right. So you think eight wins. Uh, the new odds are out for Vegas. Chances of winning a national championship next year. LSU listed as a 32-1 uh, to one to win a national title next year. I think that is being very optimistic. I would not plop down $10 on that, let alone 100 No. <laughs> we got some 6-6 six and six text, by the way. Anthony says 6-6 six and six for Lucky. Richie says six and six. Oliva and his entire freaking staff hits the bricks. <laughs> Kelly says seven and five. And uh, going back to you said that uh, Feinbaum had his own broadcast yeah. last night. Blake says, "Wait, Feinbaum wasn't the Homer broadcast." <laughs> well played, Blake. <laughs> yeah. And Pat said, "Watched the whole second half of the on the coaches' room. It was pretty unique to see all the coaches' pers- perspective, and I enjoyed it." Mike Gundy still killing it with that million dollar hairdo. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we went through the odds with uh, LSU at 30-1. to 1. Uh, Westgate, Las Vegas Sportsbook has pegged. Big shocker here. Alabama as the favorite, 3-1 to 1 odds, followed up by Georgia at 9-2, to 2, then Clemson at 6-1, to 1, and there's uh, Herb Street's team, Ohio State, coming in at 8-1. to 1. No other team has odds in the single digits. Yeah, so last night, Aaron, were you even more impressed with Jake Fromm after seeing him handle the situation. I mean, we keep going back to um, he that he's a true freshman. And by the way, if you didn't know he was a freshman after watching uh, that game, I mean, how many, how many times was that mentioned? Yeah. Um, and he played in the Little League World Series. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it is something to be said about how some guys are wired. And he was one of those guys that's wired that's just like is not impacted by the big moment, which is, you know, I, I – I, what I said about Jalen Hurts uh, quite a bit, and that's kind of why I gave Alabama the edge. But I was so wrong about that. Man, Jake Fromm has continuously proved me wrong all, all season long, really. I kept waiting for him to have that freshman moment, and we kind of got it with Auburn earlier in the year, um, which a lot of those mistakes weren't his fault. But that was that was about as close as we got to him being, you know. And we were so wrong yesterday. We were making these comparisons between Hurts and Fromm, and – we were just, you know, singing Hurts the praise there, of the Hurts, you know. He's so dangerous with his legs, uh-huh. you know. Can Fromm handle this situation? Can he handle that Alabama <laughs> defense? Yeah, we were wrong. And Hurts is the one on the sidelines, and he gets in on one play in the second half to set up the potential game winning. <laughs> that uh, they missed, by the yeah. way. Oh, we're bringing you to take the snap and just to run two yards and put it in the middle of the field. 
And that was a straight-on kick, man. Yeah. A straight-on kick. Uh, I think we, we I failed to mention this, and we, sh- we should have done it earlier. Just the local kids at Alabama, and, of course, they get to celebrate a national championship. Uh, Isaiah Bugs played the, the biggest role. He was all over the field. He got away with the face mask there in the second yes. half. Yes. Hey, they did get away with some, some calls. Yeah. Alabama did. But Isaiah with uh, five overall tackles, two solo in the game. Uh, how about Cam Sims, uh, one reception lit up. and just gets smoked. Yes. yes. By the way, he almost had a touchdown. Uh, it was out of bounds in the back of the end zone, but he made a nice catch and almost killed a photographer who got the heck out of Dodge. Uh, overall, I saw the LHSA tweet out something like uh, 12 to 13 players that played uh, in the high school football in Louisiana were part of that game. Obviously, I think 11 of them were on Alabama's squad. <laughs> And the one that, of course, makes Devontae the, game, Smith. the game-winning touchdown. Yes. And Richie says, a lot of people have forgotten about Tua was a QB that less than Orgeron both tried to pull away from Bama, another former recruit who's destined to torch the Tigers. Yeah. I'm, I mean, LSU was high on Tua's list. I remember that. I remember that whole process. Um, and that's why, you know, that's why he, he was one of those high-profile recruits that, you know, we just knew he was going to live up to all the billing. Tony with a great point here in terms of uh, the second half, uh, the game plan that changed on Georgia's part in the second half, or did Alabama just shut down the passing game? It seemed like from there they could not complete a pass like the game where he was throwing it all over the field in the first half. I think a lot of that also had to do with uh, Alabama's front four and the pressure that they could put on uh, just some you know, beasts up front. And the way that they're able to rotate in – uh, just playmaker after playmaker up front, typically what Alabama does. Typically what they do. And that's what, you know, and Georgia's defensive line had a great game too, especially in the first half. You mentioned uh, Rokon uh, Smith uh, earlier on in the show. He ends up with uh, 13 tackles in this game. He's a beast. Nine solo with one sack. This game will certainly be remembered for a long time. Alabama celebrating a 26-23 victory. Uh, the gutsy move by Saban at halftime to bench his a starter and go with a freshman. Yeah, and that was the difference. And you know, it, this can come. This whole conversation can come full circle. There, go back to 2011. LSU failed to do it, and LSU failed to cross the 50-yard line. And and that's what makes you feel even sicker as this thing was playing out. And then also with the news that Ansmeyer was reportedly going to land an OC job on a full-time I basis. think that's what's got a lot of LSU fans upset today. Yeah. It's because, you know, you saw they made the switch. It it, it, it worked. They, they won a championship with it. And then while this was going on, I mean, in the midst of Alabama's comeback, you see the news that Ansmeyer's the, the offensive coordinator. It just kind of puts into perspective the direction of both programs. I mean, Alabama's all been on top for a long time now, over a de- over well, a decade, I should say. Um, the better part of a decade. Uh, what is this, fifth championship in nine years? Yeah. And LSU, since coming close, in two, 2011 was, was the changing of the guards. Mm-hmm. The 2011 team was the best LSU team we've ever seen. But that loss in that championship since then, the the – Program's kind of taking a downward spiral. And he's a lot like Michael Jordan. He's the ultimate closer. Six and one now in national championship games. Got another number of texts here we need to get to before we get to the so 8 many. o'clock hour. <coughs> Sorry. Anthony uh, says, Tua gave the defense a chance to rest in the second half. Biggest difference for Bama's defense. Absolutely. I, you know, Anthony, uh, real quick, I want to follow up on that. Because in the first half, I started thinking about that Clemson game. Because... Alabama continuously went three and out, and I was going, man, they're just going to wear on them the rest of the game and uh, to the point to where they can't stop anything in the second half. But you're right, Tua gave them that spark, and it helped the defense out. Pat says, did you see how uh, Danny Cannell called out Saban for starting two in the second half over Jalen? What an idiot. What a fool. Yeah, uh, definitely saw that, but Danny's always going to go against the SEC and Saban. Um Unnamed text here. All powerhouses will fall when Saban and Belichick retire. Bama and Patriots will fall. Um, Richie says a lot of people have forgotten that Tua was a quarterback. The last and Orgeron both tried to peel away from Bama. Another former recruit who's destined to torch the Tigers. Kelly says, obviously, no point intended. Don't mention on air. Okay, I won't. 
That's like our anchors when they put something in the teleprompter. My name is. Oh, God. As Steve says, we said the schedule is tough every year, but it seems most are saying after the OC debacle that O will not last length of his contract. Well, you know, it, it's just kind of foreseeing the future, kind of predicting what's going to happen with LSU now that the OC situation is what many feared it would be. And Minger reprising the role. Uh, 888-993-7762. Keep the text coming. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little uh, Saints football with Gus. We'll revisit the national championship game at 815. The Morning Drive is back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.